Hi guys, Colleen Hunt from Gluten Free Gold based in Delega, Panama. And today we are fighting with the allergies. I decided to do some yard work. Not a good idea. So, um, my face from here down to here is extremely dry, extremely itchy, and when it it starts turning pink on the underside, then that means that uh, the rash is starting to progress, which is not a good thing. Tomorrow's baking day. So, and you guys have seen my, my outfit for baking day. It's just so gorgeous with the full face mask covering the neck and the safety goggles, the hat and the whole bit. But until I find another avenue for a career, that's what I have to do. So, today I want to talk about, um, you know, I, I forget it's been years, years and years for me since I started baking gluten-free. And I try to remember the... The way I feel and the way life was for me when I was in that situation. Uh, I wasn't diagnosed at that time. I just knew that when I stopped eating gluten-free, um, my joint pain and my headaches that I had like all my life for 50 years... I thought it was normal to have uh, daily headaches and joint pain that made me feel like a seven-year-old. And um, I discovered when I, when I stopped eating uh, gluten that they went away. But I also, with my research, when, when people asked me to uh, bake gluten-free for them, and I said, well, uh, gluten doesn't affect me. But I'll give it a try. And with everything that I do, I research the heck out of it. Um, I looked at cookbooks. I looked at articles. I found people at the farmer's markets that uh, bake gluten-free. Uh, online articles, online research, headlines, anything I could find that would give me information. And the thing that I found out was... There are so many different symptoms from being gluten intolerant or celiac that it, it's no wonder that it's so hard to be diagnosed. But I also found out with that research that depending on who you trusted and who you followed, um, would depend on what what recipes we used. I uh, I had no previous experience with it, and it's totally different from from doing gluten free from doing regular. But the thing was was that I had promised that I was going to try, so so I tried, and then I discovered that. Some of the cookbooks have ingredients that, unless at the time 
you were a commercial baker, you couldn't have access. So why would you put out recipes that you couldn't have access to? Or it was something that was so expensive that could only be ordered from one company online that if I was doing gluten-free baking for a market, it, it didn't make sense. And then researching the recipes, they required so many different items. But even still, I signed up for a gluten-free bread course last year. And I was amazed at, I think she had, for the list of her course, there was like eight or nine different breads. There was over 15 different flours. Those flours were at the cost down here in Panama anyways, that they would cost two weeks pay to buy. And people, people can't afford to do that. You have to do what is you have to have a recipe that you can follow that is easy. Um, maybe five or six different flour starch ingredients, but make sure that if, if, if you have a recipe that has that, you find ways to use those five or six different ingredients consistently. So you can just buy those ingredients. Not buy one type of flour that you're going to use. You can't buy bulk. Like down here, you can't, you can't buy bulk. So if it's in North America, fine. You can get that two tablespoons or three tablespoons or a quarter cup. But here, you have to buy the full one-pound bag. And that's at anywhere from five-something to $8, $9, sometimes $14 for the flour. And if you only need two tablespoons or a quarter cup... That doesn't make sense. So I, I was trying to remember the feelings. And I remember that when I tried, I, I, I would get excited. I would try the recipes that I found. And then I had another doorstop. Even though I followed the recipe as it was described, using the very expensive ingredients it was crap. I'd say, well, we have a doorstop. And then my ex-husband would say, well, it's worse than that. Like it's not even edible. And I'd say, well, it's, it's, it's okay. He said, no, it's not. Like it's not. And he was right. It wasn't. The, the worst part about starting your gluten-free journey is if you're a kid or if you, you're someone that enjoys bread so much it's like a hole is in your heart because it's not a part of your life anymore I try to remember that I try to remember like work would have pizza days well that's great for the people that can eat pizza and people don't think of how you feel like they say sorry you can't eat gluten but then they eat pizza in front of you, and you're like, why don't you just twist that knife a little bit more? Um, that was the same with uh, pierogies. Pierogies is uh, Ukrainian pasta. 
with that cheese and potato filling. I and mean, we used to do uh, sauteed onion, uh, cheese, potato filling. And I'd watch people eat progies and they go, they'd be stuffing their face going, oh, so sad that you can't eat progies. Because I know it's not their fault. And it, it, I know they're not affected. But why am I affected that I can't have foods that that are so dear to me so I have to remember what it's like to to start your gluten-free journey things are so much better now there's stuff in the stores there's a larger variety there's better taste but it'll always come down to the fact that it's so expensive at the the flowers have to be made in a certified uh, factory. Um, the, the grains have to be harvested in special equipment. I understand that. But I also understand that to be a kid, you have to be able to bring a sandwich to school. Uh, the last thing you want to be is different. Growing up, you don't mind it maybe when you're older, but the last thing is to be to be um, an outcast, feeling like an outcast. I, I read articles last week where where kids were with gluten allergies and sensitivities were being bullied by kids in school. They were getting bread thrown in their face, which was making them ill for for weeks. Like, what kind of society is that? But anyways, I'm just I'm getting off topic. So I, I, I was trying to remember what I craved. And, and what I craved at first was a sandwich bun, uh, something nice and light, and then something that had a, soft inside with a nice crust that could handle a roast chicken or a barbecued steak sandwich. Something that wouldn't crumble and fall apart. That would really stand up to that. Something that you can get two hands on and eat and it would stay together for the entire time you're eating. And I worked for a few days on that after I've been practicing gluten-free baking. And I, I was able to achieve that. But these are all the things that, that, that you miss in the beginning. You can go to different recipes. You can get better the whole bit. But it's the, the basic recipes that you cut your teeth on, that you learn the techniques, you learn what cons consistencies you are, are looking for to start your experience for baking gluten-free. I had, um, yesterday when I was doing research for something, I came across a bunch of different recipes. And I looked at them, and they were interesting, and I think I'm going to try them. But I'm afraid of the past history, the past history of of people saying this is the best recipe ever but I'm willing to try again but 
now I have the experience of knowing what textures to look for and how to bake the gluten-free bread before I didn't know. And, and I, I feel for the people that are starting of, of not knowing what to look for, how to do it. And, and there's so many hints or, or like um, some breads only have uh, one rise in them. Uh, how to proof your bread. Uh, how to prep your pans. All, all that stuff is stuff that you're going to have to learn. But the one thing that I think you have to do is, is, is have the confidence in yourself that you can learn. Because I know you can. I know you can. Um, I need to pass this stuff on, guys, before I can't bake anymore. I really do. And I, it would give me so much joy to be able to hear from more people saying that they bake successfully. The uh, students that I've taught in the last five years, they, they've reached out to me and they've said they've never made a bad bread since taking my class. Now that's it. That's a really nice thing to hear. So if, if you're at the beginning of your gluten-free journey and you're feeling overwhelmed because there is so much information out there, even when I went over the last couple of days, I was researching stuff. I was uh, as well overwhelmed by the, the knowledge that was out there, the information that was out there, and what direction to go. Like, what direction do you go at? You have to find someone you trust. You have to find someone that has, has uh, proven that their recipes work. And you have to use techniques that are totally different from what you use for regular baking. But the most important thing is that you have to want it. You have to want to expand your gluten-free world. Get away from the store-bought stuff. It's very convenient, I understand. But sometimes there is nothing better tasting than homemade bread fresh out of the oven. I loved when I found uh, a great tasting bread recipe. There was like three people in the house at the time and we ate everything I baked within an hour. Just moaning and groaning and covering it with butter. That was before I figured out that I'm allergic to uh, dairy. <laughs> so, but I think the most important thing if, you, if you're starting your gluten-free journey is to want to give it a try. Give it a try. <laughs> could be surprised, surprise yourself and be fantastic at it. But I do know that you can be successful if you follow proven recipes and get all the hints. The hints, the hints make it for you. So, so Colleen Hunt, Gluten-Free Gold, based in Delega, Panama.